Amen. God's good, ain't he? Are you glad to be in this room right now? Surely the Lord is in this place. Amen. Thank God for his spirit. As Dave said, if you're a visitor, we welcome you here. Good to have you. Um, book of Jude, the book of Jude. When you get there, chapter one. Uh, let's start with verse 22. I'd like to preach the whole chapter, but time would fail me, I believe. And of, and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen let's pray God we thank you Lord for the people that have gathered here in your name God to worship you in spirit and in truth because you said if we come in your name Lord you're there in the midst of us and God, because you're here, we understand that the possibilities are endless. We know you're able to touch, heal, and deliver. You're able to encourage. You're able to bring back the wayward child. God, we ask you to move in this sermon today. Lord, help us, Lord, to hear your word. Not only hear your word, understand it, understand it, believe it, and apply it. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, you can sit down if you want to. Yeah. We live in a, in a world where everybody's searching for happiness. They're trying to be happy, find joy, find peace, trying to find some kind of relief from life. Life can be brutal. Life can be tough. One phone call can change your life forever. One phone call can change everything that you thought reality was. It can shatter it into pieces. It doesn't take much. It's pretty fragile. So man begins his search. To all that are in this room today that are believers, you understood that search. And you understand now that that search has ended. But while you were searching, you searched for so many things. As the testimonies came up today, how powerful that was. Amen. That you've seen before you a witness of what Jesus really can do. It's not a story, it's not impersonal, it's not somebody that you don't know, but there are people right around you that are walking miracles. There are people right around you that are testimonies of what Jesus could do. As a, as a young man, I heard the stories, I heard the testimonies, I heard the sermons. But Don, I never could find what I was looking for, and I just kept searching. I went to church, but church didn't do it for me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I sat in the pew, they gave the altar call, I would hold on and I would get out of the building. And there was something that began to look for something that would fill that emptiness in my heart. 
I swore as a young man, and maybe you can testify to this, I swore as a young man that alcohol would never touch my lips. The reason I swore that is because I was raised by a father who was mostly an alcoholic through my growing up years. I seen what alcohol can do, and I watched it. You know, alcohol make a good man bad. It'll change people. And I said, I'll never touch that stuff. I'll never mess around with that stuff. I don't want any part of my life. But by the time I was in junior high, I found myself drunk on the weekends. How does that happen? Because you're searching for something to fill an emptiness that this world can't fill. There's a lot of things that the devil says, this is what you need, or this will work, or, or this will fill it, and you'll be okay if you get to this point. And he'll set imaginary uh, plateaus that if you get here, that'll be the place. It's, a, it's amazing to me that I thought, if I could just make this much money, my life would be better. And then that number began to move again. And I'd say, if I could just make this much money, that would do it. And then that number moved again. Can anybody say amen? And that number keeps moving because of the uh, politics of our nation and inflation. Never mind, leave it alone. And inflation and what's going on. Now, quit. There's a lot. Everything moves and the plateau begins to change. And you say, if I could only get to this point. But I never got to the point where I was satisfied with anything this world had to offer. No matter how good it tasted or how well it worked or how, uh, how amazing it was, in the end, all I had was misery and I was still searching for something to fill that void. We see this all throughout Scripture. We see people looking for answers. We see a woman with the issue of blood. And she goes to every doctor she can find. She spends everything she has because she has a need, and she needs that need to be taken care of. And she searches for year after year looking for an answer. But as I read this scripture just this morning, as I read this scripture, back up to verse 24, and I read the very first part of this scripture, and man, it messed with me. Now unto him that is able... There came a point in her life when she heard that Jesus was passing by. She had tried everything she could try. She had exhausted all of her resources. But now unto him that is able. She turned away from the doctor and she heard that Jesus was passing by. No matter how many she's seen, they couldn't touch her like Jesus could touch her. Now unto him that is able. There came a point when she turned to him. And when she turned to him, everything changed. Can I get a witness? Now to him who is able. The Bible says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or even think by the power that worketh in us. Oh, I want you to hear me today. I just want to preach to you how awesome Jesus is. Because we preach to the sinner, and I know by, by way of review I want to teach you this. We preach to the sinner. That he has to turn from his sin. That she needs to quit sinning. Turn away from your sin. Turn away, turn away, turn away. The problem is, it's very difficult to turn away from sin when you have no power over sin. 
It's hard to overcome when the overcomer doesn't abide in you. But yet we browbeat and we preach and we tell them, you got to quit. You got to quit. You got to turn away. You got to turn away. When really our message should be this now unto Him. It's not about you turning away from that, it's about you turning to Him. There's a lot of people that have turned away from their vices and they're still lost. But I've got a Savior that if you turn to Him, all the other things take care of themselves when you turn to Him. Now unto Him who is able. Able to what? Oh, I love this story. I've read it over and over, and every time I read it, it makes me want to preach about it. There was a man in the Bible that was sick of the palsy. The Bible calls him sick of the palsy over and over and over. It says there's a man sick of the palsy, and four men take the sick of the palsy, and they bring him to Jesus. And they can't get through because there's so many people, and they go up to the roof, and they tear the roof off. And the Bible says they let the sick of the palsy down where Jesus was. I don't know this guy's name, but I know his condition. It never mentions his name, but it mentions his condition. There's a lot of people, we don't know their name, but we know their condition. We go by and we give them labels. Hey, there's an alcoholic over there. Well, there's old druggie over there. There's old pillhead over there. And we label them by their condition without ever knowing their name. But now unto him who is able, they bring him down to the one who is able. And I, this, is, this, this story is so powerful because when they bring the sick of the palsy down to Jesus... The Bible says Jesus said unto the sick of the palsy. Don't know his name, but I know his condition. But Jesus didn't call him sick of the palsy. Jesus looked at him and said, son. <laughs> oh. oh, man, let me tell you how awesome God is. He didn't call him by his condition, but he adopted him in one word when he looked at him and said, Son, let me tell you the greatest thing that you can ever be called while living on this planet is a son of the living God. If he calls you son, it don't matter your condition. It don't matter your weakness. He adopted him. He said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. That's not why they brought him to Jesus. They brought him to Jesus because he was sick of the palsy. They didn't bring him there to get him saved. They brought him there to get him healed. But Jesus, who is able, always takes care of the soul before he takes care of the body. I wish you would prosper as your soul prospers. He wants to get, oh, let me tell you this. I'd rather be saved and my body racked with pain knowing that one day I was going to see him face to face than live in this world healed and have no problems and die lost. As long as I'm his son, I'm in good standing. He said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. The greatest thing that has ever happened to you is you turn to him who is able. He said, you shouldn't worry about those that are able to destroy the body. You should be concerned about him 
that is able to destroy the soul. It's not about the body. It's about the soul. Oh, we all want to be touched and we all want to be in good and in, in, in healthy and everything going right. But the main concern of Jesus is, is your soul right? Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But he don't stop there. He was adopted in one word. Now I know his name, son. Who's that guy? He's the son of Jesus. That's a good name to have. And he says, by the way, take up thy bed and walk. Get up. Get up. Once he saved me, Mike, he didn't save me to sit there anymore, but he saved me to raise me up. Now unto him, now unto him who is able, now unto him, the man with the withered hand came to Jesus. He said, stretch out your hand. That's just the way Jesus does it. His hand is withered. He can't stretch it out. He's going to ask you to do some things that you can't do within yourself. But boy, if you'll just stretch it out and let God take hold of it, now unto him who is able, oh, to him. What do you got? Give it to him. I got a problem. Give it to him. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. I don't know about you, but one of the worst dreams that I've ever had in my life is when I'm falling. They say if you hit the ground, I wouldn't know. Because I never hit the ground in my dreams. Maybe you have. Maybe there's something wrong with you. <laughs> but I, when I'm falling, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one that has that kind of dream? And before you ever hit the ground, you and your heart's racing, I don't want to fall. I don't want to fall. A lot of people don't come to Jesus because they're afraid they'll fail. You know how many times I've heard this excuse? I don't want to go because I don't want to be a hypocrite. One day at work, a man began to talk all kinds of junk about the Christians around him. This guy says he's a Christian and he does this, and this guy says he's a Christian and he does that. And he, I said, I got a great idea. He said, what's that? I said, why don't you get saved and show them how it's done? He said, I, I just might. Well, do it. Show them how to do it the right way. It's, it's easy to look around now unto him who is able. I want to let you know, you're going to fall sometimes. You're going to slip up sometimes. You're going to make a mistake sometimes. This is the only time this word is used in the New Testament, if I studied it right. This kind of falling is not about you slipping. This kind of falling is about you giving up. This kind of falling is about you turning away. This kind of falling, I serve a God that not only saved me, he's able to keep me. He's got enough power to keep me. Yeah, yeah. Back up, Shane. I got to do this. Let's go to verse. Let's go to verse 4. Verse 4, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into what? Everybody's like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. You know what that is? That's unbridled lust. Turn the grace of God into uncontrolled. Let me say it like this. Creepy men came in. 
No, no, they crept in. They crept in unaware, and they begin to preach a gospel that turned the grace of God into this. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to be restrained at all. There's no restraint in God. You can do whatever and still be, watch what it says, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. When I turned to Jesus, I didn't turn to him to add to my lifestyle. Jesus is not an addition to your lifestyle. I don't know about you, but when I turned to Jesus, I was sick and tired of my lifestyle. I didn't need somebody that could help me contend, continue to do what I was doing. I needed a change. Now unto him, now unto him who is able. When I found Jesus, I found the one that was able to take my old and make it new. Uh, well, let me tell you right now, what you need to do is you need to get saved and you'll be happy forever. I ain't going to lie to you. As a Christian, you're going to cry sometimes. As a Christian, you're going to struggle sometimes. As a Christian, you're going to wonder, what in the world is going on in my life right now sometimes? But I serve the God unto him who is able to keep you from falling. He didn't save you just to bring you out of Egypt. Man, I enjoyed your testimony last Sunday. He didn't save you just to deliver you from alcoholism. He saved you. He purchased you that he might own you. The purpose of redemption is ownership. And the purpose of ownership is service. He brought you out of Egypt so that he might take you in to the promised land. We can't just sit around and be happy that we've been saved. But we've been saved for a reason. What is that reason? That reason is the glory of God. The reason is to bring glory to God. Why are you saved? To bring glory to God. Why did he save you? To bring glory to God. Why does he use you? To bring glory to God. Your life should be to the glory of God. What's your weakness? What's your street? What's your trial? What is that thing that the enemy comes in? And he tries to pull you. You got your direction. You know where you're heading. And the enemy comes to pull you down a side street. We, we talked about this one day. And we was talking about when you're on a diet, what's your weakness? Somebody said, chips. What's your chips, man? What, what's your hang up? What is it that the enemy moves in to try to take you from your purpose? The in, oh, he comes in. And he works on your mind. Let me tell you something about the enemy. He's a liar. I don't know who told you you couldn't make it. I don't know who told you you couldn't climb the mountain. But I know this. Unto him who is able to keep us from falling. Here's what's going to happen. The enemy comes. You got to go. Your goal is to get to Brother Frankie. But here's what the enemy does. The enemy begins to distract. Look at Frankie. But the enemy says, hey, hey, look over here. C come over here for just a minute. This, this will take just a second. It'll be okay. God's gracious. He'll forgive you. Go down this street. Go down this road. 
And you know what you do? You repent. But I'm going to show you what happens when you repent. You've lost ground. The reason you've lost ground, repentance puts you back on the road. Amen? The problem is God ordains you to be that far alone, but the enemy has distracted you. Am I preaching to anybody? Because, man, I want to show you something that is so awesome. To him that is able. Come back up here. See, you're not in this alone. You're not by yourself. you got to understand who's with you. you got to understand who's able. Now unto him who is able. He said, go that direction. You're going that direction. Now unto him who is able to keep us from turning down the street. We've got a Savior that loves us enough that not only does his grace save you, his grace teaches you to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. I've got a Savior that says, no, we can't lose ground. You're going this way, and he puts you back on track. And he, oh, does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you, when you put your hand in his hand, it's going to be all right. Quit trying to go on this alone. Oh, Jesus, I tell you, I'll be right back in a minute. I'll be right back. If he's in you, you're taking him with you. Let's finish this verse. Now unto him, verse 24, who is able. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and present you. Raise your hand if you're faultless. Raise your hand if you're faultless. Raise your hand if in yourself you are faultless. You make mistakes? How about you? Does Jewel? <laughs> he said no. <laughs> He's scared to death of her. <laughs> Do you make mistakes? Does Megan? A lot? <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Nobody's faultless in herself. Nobody's faultless. So how does he present us faultless? How does, he, how, how does he take me who makes mistakes? How does he take me who, who, who messes everything up? How does he take me who sets things aside? How does he present me faultless before the presence of his glory? How does he take me to that holy place? How does he get me there? I know me. He knows me. How does he present me faultless? How does he do it? I'm going to tell you how he does it. Because when you try to go down the road and he takes you to a place, I want you to know that what you do is covered by what he does. Oh, glory. What are you saying? I'm saying when he presents you to him, you've been covered. And when you're covered, God don't see you. He sees the blood of Jesus. And because the blood of Jesus has washed away all of your sin, he sees you faultless. Why do, why, why, why do I want to tell you that? Because this is the only way that you can come boldly to the throne of God. You ever made a mistake? And you knew 
that your parents knew that you made a mistake? How anxious were you to see them? Man, when I was a kid, I was a heathen. Absolute heathen. I got in trouble all the time. My dad stopped by the school all the time. He was a coal miner, and he wore the same looking clothes every day. I remember this. I remember this very vividly. This kid looked at me and said, is that the only shirt your dad has? It's all he's got. It's all he's got. I mean, I was in trouble so much that he signed a paper giving the principal permission to paddle me. I went into the office, and he looked at me, and he said, you know I have written permission. I said, I've heard. This got me. He said, we're going to have to call your dad. So I'm waiting on him to show up so I can get in trouble. He don't show up. So I get off the bus. Let me tell you what I wasn't. I wasn't very excited to get in his presence. Because at the school, he had to act a little civil. Oh, anybody know what I'm talking about? Or are y'all a timeout generation? We didn't get timeout, we got knocked out. <laughs> I, did, I didn't want to be in his presence because I knew I had messed up. It's the same way in your relationship with God. If the enemy can keep pointing your eye to you and your faults, then you're not going to want to get into the presence of your father. But listen to what he says. He said he's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I'm saying he don't just present you, but he presents you with exceeding joy. Like this, this is my boy. This right here's my boy. The enemy's telling you, you don't even belong to him. He's wanting to present you with joy. Oh, man, this is shouting ground. Because what the devil has told you for so long is lies. You can't make it. You're not good enough. You got to get a little bit better, and then God will answer your prayer. If you live a little bit more holy, if you fast a little bit more, God's going to answer your prayer. Let me tell you the reason you fast. You don't fast to get stuff from God. You fast because the bridegroom's gone, and you want his presence back. Oh, I hope you're hearing me. Present you with exceeding joy. Next verse, and I'm going to let you go. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion, power, both now and forever. Let me tell you why I worship. Because Jesus saved me. Let me tell you why I worship. Because, Randy, he bought me. 
Let me tell you why I worship. Because he covered me. He's got my back. He's got the front. He got me all around. So he's ready to present me with exceeding joy. I, I, I'm not where I need to be. But I'm not where I used to be. And this is a good spot to be. Because I know there's a gap between where I am and where God wants me to be. And I need to close that gap. The only way we're going to close that gap is through the help of him. If we constantly think that he's against us because of our mistakes, then we're not going to walk with him. But if we realize that we serve a Savior full of love and forgiveness and grace and mercy and picks you up when you fall down and makes sure that you don't give up, listen to me, he ain't going to let you give up. Well, preacher, what about this one guy? He was my cousin, and he loved the Lord, and he preached, and, and, and he just walked away from the faith. He was not saved. Well, I know, but, but the Spirit moved on him, and the Spirit moved on him. It never got in him. Whammy. You know how I know that? Because he keeps me from falling. That's Bible preaching. That's Bible preaching. Well, what about these people that backslide? You may be in a backslidden state right now. You need to fix that. You need to repent and get off that side road and get back on the right road. Listen, I'm going to fill you out a guarantee. I guarantee you I'm going to heaven. You say, well, three months down the road, did you hear what happened? You ain't going to hear what happened. Because he's able to keep me from falling. If you're going with me, wave at me. Amen. Amen. Man, what a feeling to know that I'm going to make it, not by me, but by him. That's why to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion, power, both now and forever. Now and forever. Now and forever. I'm going to glorify him now and forever. You ever just been so excited to... What do you do? What do you do when you know? People, people are crazy these days to not take this. I love what Pastor White said one time, Darren. He said, these people go to a concert Go out in the middle of a field somewhere, listen to some guy preach about losing his wife, losing his dog, his truck breaking down, and they'll go, Woo! And they're so excited about it, and they come to church, and you tell them about a Savior that's going to take them to heaven and restore to them everything they've lost. And we just kind of sit and go, hmm, excuse me for a minute. Man, I'm going to heaven. He said, man, you're awful confident. Not in me. Not in me. 
I know me. Sometimes them side roads come along, and I start looking around. He's like, thank you, thank you. I know me, but I know him. And because I know him, I'm going to worship him. I belong to him. If you're going to heaven with me, stand up, would you? We're going to sing a song. We'll give you an opportunity to worship. You see all these people standing up. If you're not standing up, I want to give you an opportunity to stand up right now. Come up here and we're going to pray with you. We're going to fix the issue. But, but, I don't know if I can make it. You can't make it. But he can make it for you. You need him just like I need him. As we sing this song, if you need to pray, would you step out?